Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with senior executive, entrepreneur, board member, thought leader, and coach, Doug Thorpe. He has more than 40 years of success in the financial services, executive coaching, oil and gas industries, and small business, leveraging extensive experience in guiding business transformation for growth-oriented organizations. He is a trusted guide for mid-cap companies to large global enterprises requiring expert assistance with leadership development, cultural shifts and change management along with a lot more enjoy this interview what's up man i'm good how are you nice to meet you likewise likewise look at that background you got a lot going on yeah yeah there we go i get my <laughs> get my podcast game on here that's right you do you, you got to get that hat on firm <laughs> <laughs> so what's new I'm doing well, doing well. I'm trying to remember exactly how we hooked up. I don't know if it was through Podmatch or some other service or Yes, I'm sir. Kind of, I'm kind yeah, of all was, over. Yeah, it was Podmatch. Yep. Okay. That's that's the place. It's been it's been a wonderful place. Where are you coming out of? I'm in the Houston area. Okay. Wonderful. How that's about excellent. yourself? I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Good barbecue up there. Oh man, it is good. <laughs> For sure. Well, hey, it's wonderful to to meet up with you. You have a, you, you're you're a leader. You help leaders. There's a lot that goes into who you are. But before we get all get to all that good stuff, I want to know how did you get through COVID? That last three years was quite a thing. And how has it changed the way that you do things and live your life now? Great questions. Great questions. Uh, fortunately. My wife and I had another couple here locally that became our bubble. We we declared ourselves uh, COVID-free among the four of us, and we agreed that we were going to try to endure the thing together. We are, all our kids are collectively grown and gone. So what that meant was we were doing dinners at each other's houses and, and just doing activities together that could kind of maintain our our sense and sensibilities and sidebar benefit the other couple uh the husband's a retired doctor and the wife's a retired nurse so we had a lot of interesting discussions about the truth of what covid really was yeah I'm sure <laughs> and um yeah we we kind of weathered it that way so let's get to the heart and soul of what you do on a daily basis. So I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders career day at a grade school. One of the little ones looks up and says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Wow. That's, that's a, that's a great challenge. <clears throat> what I would say is to them, I would turn and say, look at your teacher there. She is serving you as a kind of leader. And what I do is help people like that who are in a position that we call leadership. I help them become better people for doing that job and helping other people. It's just, it, it's that ripple in the pond. It's the rock that just sends it all kind of, yeah, moving forward. So when you were in that 10 to 12 year old range, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? 
You know, that, that was a, a, another interesting part of my journey. And as I look back on that, my 12-year-old self, and in fact, this is a little bit of a joke in our, in our family. I was involved in extracurricular activities at school. I was captain of the crossing guard. And so I was in a leadership role outside of the classroom, and I loved it. And there, I, I just had this natural connection, and it wasn't an ego thing. It was just that sense of fulfillment, organizing and sharing a service that helped others. And and that was just kind of a thing for me. And I thought I really knew that long-term, that's what I wanted to be able to do. And I didn't much care what kind of business or company or industry I got into. I just wanted to have that sense of serving others. And Fast forward quickly, for me, it started with an idea that maybe the thing I needed to do was go into the military. So I pursued that for a number of years, high school, college, and did get commissioned as an Army officer and did that for a few years. And then I decided, nah, that's not really for me. I need to probably go another direction. <laughs> so well, let's go. Let's dig deeper into your early roots of getting into leadership and being a motivator. Where were you born and raised, and what were these seeds that were sprinkled into you to become who you are today? The uh, born in Houston, Texas, but raised in San Antonio. So I'm a native Texan, tried and true, and I um, am the product of a hardworking single mom. I'm, I'm an only child, uh, grew up with her. <laughs> But something she did that was absolutely brilliant and probably the high water mark really of my whole life, and that is that because she was single, she chose to surround me with mentors. She introduced me to the concept of being mentored by others, and she built a network. It wasn't just one person. Um, I had four or five really significant influences in my life over my young developmental years. And I, I look back on those experiences and listening to these guys tell stories and show me things and, and help me develop. Uh, it, it, it was a beautiful patchwork quilt of opinion and idea and reflection that really shaped who and what I thought I wanted to be. So you may have already answered this, but in your life of, of, motivating and inspiring we all need that ourselves who's been your hero wow um well i i, I think i have and there's actually been several i can't point to one there has always been somebody in pretty much every chapter of my life that i've i've looked to for that kind of wisdom and guidance i have made the practice of seeking mentors a lifelong activity and uh, I just this year, I turned 70 and I still have a couple of guys I count as my mentors. I'm, I still talk to them. They, they are slightly older, although the gap in there is getting smaller. <laughs> <laughs> it does. But uh, I still, still count them as mentors and, and we, we talk and we track and we share things and do things. So if you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Anybody on the planet. Wow, 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 wow. I, uh, again, several things come to mind, and maybe this is just top of mind. I, 
I think I would like to have a chat with Richard Branson. Uh, yeah. His name actually did come up in another discussion earlier today, and maybe that's why it is top of mind. But, um, you know, he, he's certainly done some interesting things in terms of creating businesses and, more importantly, creating a brand. I, I think uh, brand identity is a very interesting subject today, and I do talk often with clients about the idea of how do you create a personal brand and how do you get that out in the front without being particularly arrogant or flamboyant or or you know circus oriented and i realize branson has a bit of that but i think at the core there there's a different kind of understanding about that so as a as a motivator and a leader you know you're motivated every day yourself to get up and to do your good work and to get people moving. What's that coffee? What's the coffee made of in your cup? What is the fuel in your tank? <laughs> I, I do have a, a passion for helping others. I, I I rely on a tool called the YOS. It, it, so sorry. Oh, it, expl it explains um, the why, how, and what that a person is made of. And I was introduced to that tool a while back and I really love it. And for me, the why is about making sense and looking at complex things and, and trying to help find a, a clearer, clearer understanding. But then with that, my how is to create a better way help people find a better way of doing what they're doing now that they have the clear understanding of it. And then my what is contribute, and that's what I do all day long. I, I try to pour into other people's lives and businesses so that they can advance their game. So what is one of your favorite client success stories? Um, I've got a young man who owns a construction business and, uh, we've been working together. We're into our third year. And when, when he first came to me, he was, and these are his words. He, he was a classic hot mess. He was really fractured, really frazzled, running in a thousand different directions. Uh, um, and we, we worked through some organizational direction for him and, and kind of vision setting and things like that. And uh, fast forward, what's happened, his business has doubled. He has acquired two other businesses that are complementary. So he's a triple threat now in the market. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the work he's done and the direction he's going. So you've, gained a lot of wisdom in your life, been down a lot of roads. Let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 20-year-old version of yourself and you could give that younger version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life. <laughs> what would you tell that younger version of you? <laughs> I, uh, portions of it, I think we're going to have to uh, delete from this show. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the big lesson would be figure out sooner rather than later what your sense of purpose and why is all about. I, I probably spent too many years in the early life chasing things that sounded good, but 
weren't good at all. And um, I don't have any regrets. I'd count them all as important learning experiences. But I, I think the bottom line of it is find, find a mentor, find a coach, do a little more work to zero in on that truer sense of purpose and direction. So in this timeline that you've lived in your life, what are you the proudest of? What is it that you've done that you are genuinely the proudest of? I I just look to my roster of hundreds of, of clients who I, I truly believe I've been able to make a difference for. I've, I've helped them create some kind of aha moment where they see more clearly and have a, a deeper and better understanding of what they need to be doing. And uh, knowing that that is happening, I, I, I think that's the best I could hope for. So if you could go back in history and witness an event happen before your eyes, any event in human history, what would you love to have seen firsthand? I think, uh, and this maybe goes back to my roots, I truly think I would have liked to have been at the Battle of the Alamo. <laughs> I grew up in San Antonio, saw the fort, I've watched a lot of the movies, read a lot of the books, and the, the idea of uh, commitment to the cause and the, the leadership that happened there to be able to withstand that onslaught. And although it was a horrible tragedy in the end, the, the, the tide that it turned for the Texans that were defending the fort there, you know, really allowed um, the rest of the Texan army to regroup and muster and, and ultimately defeat Santa Ana. So, um, I just think it would have been a, a really sp special moment in this. It sounds really weird because it was a gory, bloody battle, but I, I just think being able to somehow watch those guys operate and what they truly said to each other along the way. As a lifelong Texan, you know, I've been down there enough where I know that things just roll differently. Every city has its charms, but Texas is a different kind of place. It's almost like its own country. Mm -hmm. what do you love the best about texas what is the thing that you absolutely love about it that maybe no one knows i, I think it's the the core i i call it a can-do attitude i i think the it, it it does get into your dna it's it's the idea that somebody throws up a challenge and it's like yeah we can do that we we, we can go figure that out we'll and you know you think about wildcatting for oil or or sending a man to the moon or you know all the other things um small factoid uh almost two-thirds of the u.s military force comes from texas wow there you go <laughs> that's why it's don't mess with texas right <laughs> so um Historically, uh, Texans have always had a big role in in the uh, defense of our country. I'm proud of that, and uh, so uh, it it is. It's just something in the culture about can do. So, it's very rare that I get the chance to really talk to someone that's lived in Houston their whole lives. And I'm curious: Are you an Astros fan? I am. I okay. Am. So what is your perception of all of this that went down now? Okay. So I'm coming from 
And obviously, you know, because in 15, we had that miraculous comeback and we won the series. And right. But now with Dusty Baker, this new thing, bygones be bygones, but there's always going to be a ghost that's going to linger around. What's your take as a local with the lore and the history and everything that went down? Oh, that's a great question and uh, slippery slope, obviously, but um, they definitely got caught. And the the irony of it, the, the 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 core allegation about banging on a trash can that that's probably one of the stupidest communication systems you could ever invent. <laughs> And uh, I, I, I fall out on the side of the guy who tested the theory. Some guys sat down with videotapes and tracked the efficiency of the hitting with or without the banging on the gong. And the, the without batting average was much higher by about 50 points than the with. Wow. So... Technically, was it cheating? Yeah, you're not supposed to tip things like that. But did it create an unfair advantage? No, it really didn't. It, it was more of a distraction than a help, I think. So it's one of those historical <clears throat> anomalies that people don't even realize. You yeah. know, you, you know what's weird? I remember I love baseball. And when the season was starting in 2020, that was when that thankfully that season got abated because that's when it really was getting ugly in spring training for the Astros everywhere they went. It was like, no one, no one knew what was going to happen when the season started. So it was probably right. almost good that things subsided. But I always think as a joke, I put an Astro sticker on my trash can at home and a week later the season stops and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not getting involved with this one anymore. I'm <laughs> stepping away. <laughs> but well, also, you. Thank you for the commitment. <laughs> but also the weird thing is, is that my whole life, my father um, isn't around anymore, but he used to always, you know, just lament the Chiefs sitting in his chair. We get all these glimmers of hope, whether it was Montana or whoever it was. And then finally we win the Super Bowl. All right. We have the parade in February and then the world shuts down. And that was the joke. If the Chiefs ever win the Super Bowl, the world's going to come to an end. And it actually did. <laughs> 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 That's our claim to fame. <laughs> well, I, I am a Patrick Mahomes fan as an individual. You know, I watched him play ball at Texas Tech, and yeah. I knew he I knew he was going to be special, and he sure has. And um, uh, you know, I I don't know a lot about him as an individual or a person, but just the little bit I get to see, I I, I really like the guy. He's great. He he really is. It's good to herald somebody that's as good as him. He's a good family guy. He's doing a lot for the community. We got playgrounds and all kinds of things that are around here that are emblematic of his commitment to the community and who he is. And yeah, so there is that Kansas City, Texas connection with him always. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, um, so Doug, if anyone wants to, you know, reach out to you, find out who you are, anything more about your world and your business, where can they go? Two things I'll point people to. Number one is my primary website, which is simply DougThorpe.com, but that's T-H-O-R-P-E on the end, uh, DougThorpe.com. There are a lot of info there, clicks, links, buttons, and packages you can download for free. A lot of resources you can get your hands on. And secondly, I want to invite everybody to my podcast. It's called Leadership Powered by Common Sense. We're on all streaming services, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, etc., and we have a YouTube channel by the same name. I always joke around that, you know, 
at one point I wanted to go back and get my master's degree, but I really think that there should be places where you go back to kindergarten because that's where you always learn it. And that's where the common sense comes from, doesn't it? It does. It does. Those, those so, fundamental things we learn the hard way on the playground really um, become lifelong lessons. This has been great, Doug. Not only did you open up your world, I'm so glad that you've shown a very common sense, logical light on kind of this befuddling Astro situation. And, but I will say <laughs> the one thing that was really good was in that situation when you know, they, AJ left and all these things, the GM left and all these things kind of went away. Dusty finally is, people love him. You know, he came in and was kind of the captain and savior of the crew, so to speak. He really kind of turned it out. And I mean, you know, he's had that toothpick in his mouth for so long. It's like, how can you not like the guy? <laughs> I know. I know. Is that... Is he, he that even have a, a box of them. Yeah, I mean, is that even a toothpick? It looks bigger. I inspect it when he's doing it, and I'm like, are they making that for him? Does he have a Dusty Baker factory, the wood factory? I, I don't know. It looks very, you know, looks bigger than a toothpick. I think I think it's shavings from the Louisville Slugger plant. I think, I, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I think there's a baseball bat in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's good. Well, Doug, thank you. I appreciate your time. Best of luck with everything. All right, Joe, thank you for having me on here. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.